the third coming to you live from the palatial home studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana, California. Joining me in studio, as per the usual, is my friend, my brother in Christ, uh, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Hi, everybody. I love you all. Waka, waka, waka with the Lord. It's going to be a good interview. I hope so. And joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance through the miracle of telephony is my guest for this evening, Rob Ekno. How are you doing, Rob? Hi, Rob. Hey, how are you, Rudy? How are you, Bill? Good to see you all. And uh, I, we are going to be talking about my favorite subject of all time, uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. How do we get to do that for about an hour? We can do whatever you like. Wow, I'll tell you what, you know, um, you know, yeah, we we can get started. I was excited when you introduced Rudy that way as well. So um, I don't get to do a lot of shows where people actually talk about what's important in this world. Yeah, um, yeah, we uh, we we are pretty flexible with uh, with what we talk about, uh, depending on who uh, who I'm with, and uh, um, it's not often I get somebody who's excited about talking about Jesus. Oh, man, let me tell you what, if it wasn't for him, uh, you know, just uh, I'll tell you really quickly, Bill, uh, before we get into anything else, but just Sunday I went went to church and the uh, and the pastor shared, he, he was talking about us all sharing our own stories in life, right, as people uh, here on earth, and he said, you know, the story is to go, I was, Jesus did, and then I am, and uh, that's the story of, uh, I can tell you that's the story of... Uh, my life, anyway. Okay. Well, it sounds like there will be some interesting stuff to talk about. That's for sure. I have never been uh, I've never been called boring yet on a podcast. So uh, I hope <laughs> I hope that yours and Rudy's is not my first one here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, me too. But uh, um, where uh, where are you located? At the moment, I am in uh, Los Angeles. Okay, so uh, just up the street from us. And uh, I go back and forth between here and Alaska. Those are my two uh, two go-to places. Nice. My uh, my parents are on a uh, are on their way to a uh, uh, an Alaskan cruise, uh, running out of Vancouver. Nice, very nice. Well, I'll tell you what. Every human being on planet Earth needs to go to Alaska. It is also known, you know, now it's not only the uh, last frontier, but it's also known as God's country. Yeah. And, uh, when you get up there, if you've never been there, anybody in your audience that has never been there, I can highly suggest that you put it on the priority list of the next thing you do in your life. Because, uh, it is just, uh, especially anybody that lives in LA who never sees a star and they can't find at night, no matter. <laughs> you know, there's a reason why they have the stars on the Alaskan flag because on a clear right. night, you literally see every star that God ever created in the universe. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I spent. A, I did a day trip. Uh, um, I had an extended layover uh, on a flight to Korea in uh, in Fairbanks. And oh, nice. uh, um, so I got to spend the day in Alaska, but uh, decided it definitely was not enough time. And, no, uh, you, um, uh, you, you can't spend enough time there. I, I, if I go more than a couple of weeks without being back there, I start going crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I noticed in the in the little one sentence that you uh, that you put up that you're an author, producer, Alaskan adventurer and award winning reporter. Yes, well, that's uh, that just means that I'm old. 
And I, and I have lived a lot of life, and uh, and uh, you know, uh, the, the, I guess the biggest uh, thing that I have going is that uh, hopefully, um, on uh, in a couple of months, I will celebrate uh, going from homeless to uh, thirty years of sobriety. Nice. So that Tell is us how my, you did it. Well, I I did it. Uh, you know, without God in my life, it never never would have happened. Um, but I, uh, in my wonderful and absolutely gorgeous grandmother, Jeanette Mary Rose, she uh, is a stunning woman. But uh, unfortunately, she, uh, she, uh, the disease of alcoholism overtook her life, and she passed away at 52 years old only. And um, so that was my first, uh, first sign of that stuff. And then my younger brother, David, who uh, saved my life, and I was... I always see this picture right in front of me here because uh, it was my chance to save my life. But uh, unfortunately, he went out after four years of sobriety and ended up losing his life. Wow. And uh, so I have dedicated my life to honoring him who saved mine. And then uh, it just started taking off from uh, there. Okay. Okay. No, it's uh, uh, it's funny. You said your grandmother's name was Jeanette. My mother's middle name is Jeanette. Ah, very nice. Well, you see, bald people have a lot more in common than we think, right there, young man. Yep, that's uh, well, that's the truth. And one of the things, one of my, uh, one of the things that I got blessed to do once I did get sober, uh, is I ended up out in L.A. area, and I met a uh, my ex-wife, and uh, who got me into the former Crystal Cathedral right down near you. Okay, yeah. And I ended up uh, being asked to run the homeless program down there. And wow. uh, it was quite the, uh, we built it up into quite the operation. And then the, once we got it built up, the church said, oh, well, now that it's running really good, we'd like to step in and kind of take over now since uh, there's all kinds of people coming. Um, and sadly, I stepped aside and said, okay, you guys can do what you want, and, and then it fell apart, and then, as you know, uh, in your audience, they know that the church uh, got sold, and it's now a whole right. different entity, yes. Yep, yep, it's now uh, now the, uh, the Christ Crystal Cathedral, Cathedral. the Christ yep. Cathedral, yes. Yeah, the Catholic ministry took it over and uh, has uh, been flourishing with that in their own uh, efforts down there as well, so... But, uh, yeah, so I was living out of the Greyhound bus station down in Fort Lauderdale after having a uh, flourishing broadcasting career. I was a nationally syndicated sportscaster. I was working out of Boston. I was covering all the Red Sox, Bruins, Patriots, Celtics, uh, covered the 1987 World Series with the Twins and the Cardinals, uh, one of the stories in my next book that's coming out shortly. Um, but, um, yeah, I went from... Uh, I went from uh, half hard and gotten the rewards from it to learning how to drink really good and snort a lot of cocaine and uh, it ended up leaving me up homeless. Wow. Wow. That's uh, that's amazing to uh, to come back from that. Uh, truly uh, um, praise and glory to God for, uh, for that, for coming back from that. Well, glory to God. You know, my life with God has been in and out. And one of the stories that I have, I have another book that's coming out shortly it's with the editor right now and uh, one of the stories is how when i was 10 years old somewhere in that area 10 11 doesn't really matter uh one sunday i was working at uh i was volunteering at my old church in rhode island an episcopal church back there 
And uh, I decided that I wanted to buy something at the convenience store after church, but I didn't have any money. So once I took the collection plates and brought them into the sacristy, I uh, uh, borrowed, without asking God, I borrowed $2 yeah. from him out of the collection plate and uh, shoved it up under my robe and uh, went, I think I bought baseball cards or something, I don't know. But for many, many years, I thought that that was why I became an alcoholic, that that was God's punishment for me stealing from him. And interestingly, less than 30 days sober, 23 years later, my very first amends was going back to that same church uh, on Christmas Eve and throwing $5 into the basket and uh, repaying God. And I, I didn't have a lot of money because I was still coming off of being homeless. And, uh, but I'm guessing that he was okay with that amount because I haven't drank a drop of alcohol or stored in a line of cocaine since I put that $5 in there. So apparently it's true. God does forgive. And, you know, the bottom line is he probably had forgiven me a long, long, long time before that. But my warped and whacked and addicted mind just kept telling me that I must be getting punished for my t stealing the $2. And um, right. I've had kind of an up and down and in and out, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> relationship with the Lord and until uh, a few years ago when things really just stuck and um, uh, I have been uh, on fire for uh, for the Lord uh, ever since that's uh, that's awesome to hear where uh, where do you go to church uh, I I was going I, I was going to the Crystal Cathedral when I was married uh, while right. that was there and then I ended up going to the now it's called one and all church in San Dimas uh, okay. When I was thinking, it used to be called Christ Church of the Valley, and they changed the name. And um, and when I'm uh, in town here, uh, I go with my girlfriend, who happens to be Catholic, and uh, so I end up with her at her church. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been learning a lot about that. My, it's funny. My my father's side of the family uh, was Episcopal. At least I knew. At least my father was. And his older brother was all Catholic, and my father's from New England, he passed last year, but my uncle uh, was out here as well. They were all Catholic, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of learning a whole lot of new stuff over the last uh, year or two since I met this fabulous woman in my life. And I now have, here's the, here's the funny story, is that, um, are you guys hearing the same loud static that I'm hearing? Um, I'm hearing a little interference. But okay. uh, but it's not uh, it's not too bad. Okay, as long as it's not coming through on your end, I can deal with it. That's fine. You know, we we, we ride with these podcasts. I love uh, I love <laughs> I love live. Whether it's radio, TV, whatever, I just love live because it's like yeah. it's what, it's what's happening, right? <laughs> one perfect one and as far as I know he hasn't come back uh, right but um yeah oh so here's right I'm losing you there that's weird why am I losing you yeah I, I just am hearing a ton of static yeah, I'm not hearing the static, but uh, um, but you, I, I lost your voice completely there for a minute. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you now. All righty. I guess, I guess you edit these things. 
Uh, no, actually, I don't. Oh, I, uh, there we, we go. go. We go. We're doing this live to tape. Very uh, cool. Yeah, it's uh, the quality is usually better if I don't go live live, uh, but record it. But uh, um, but yeah, I uh, I put the honest truth uh, out there, and Fantastic. and that includes the, includes the mistakes. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. So as long as I know that uh, I can screw up as many times as possible here. And <laughs> but this is a but, this is a safe place to screw up. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. So um, so what was I saying there? I had uh, uh oh so I didn't even know this. This is how I share with people in my you know recovery meetings or if I speak at churches or whatever. I share that God is like so far ahead of us, mm -hmm. you know, in our lives with the plans that He has for us, right? You know, with you and I, he knew that you and I were going to be a lot of trouble, Bill. I, I know that for a fact because he said, I know the number of hairs on your head. And he didn't have time to be counting the number of hairs on our head with all the stuff that he was going to have to fix in our lives. <laughs> so, but um, nonetheless, but uh, so this is cool. I did not know this, but my girlfriend is really faithful into the Catholic religion. And mm. she has taught me a lot about the saints that I never knew about. And mm. I now... Over the last year plus of dating this incredible woman, I now have like this immense relationship with Mother Mary. And people see it all the time. They'll be like, Mother Mary just was talking to you, wasn't she? And I'm like, she was. And they're like, other people can tell that, that, I, that I'm getting this stuff from her, whatever you want to call it, messages or insight, whatever it might be. But I've had some powerful things. The one thing I did not know is I grew up in my hometown, and this shows you how far ahead of that God was. So the very first recovery meeting I went to was at a place called St. Vincent de Paul uh, in Rhode Island. And my younger brother took me there. He was passed away. But um, I never knew this until I started dating my girlfriend. But St. Vincent de Paul is the saint of the poor and the needy. And at, okay. the, time, at the time that I went to my first a meeting of alcoholics, I was homeless. So I was poor and needy. Just very interesting that that was my first meeting. Then my hometown church, a few miles up the road, was St. Matthias Church. And I found out now that St. Matthias is the saint of alcoholism and addiction. Okay. And that was where I went to my, not only, I, so I not only stole the $2 out of the collection plate there, I also made my amends to God there with the $5 on Christmas Eve back in 1992. Okay. But then I went, then I, my home group alcohol meetings were in the basement of St. Matthias Church. So the foundation of the church, I now see the new foundation of life St. Matthias and God. Also, in my home I probably drove past it a thousand times, if not more, was Our Lady of Chestahova Church. And I did not know this until all of this war stuff started happening in Ukraine, but Our Lady of Chestahova is actually Mother Mary. Okay. And so I had driven by her thousands of times over the 20-some-odd years that I had lived in my hometown. So I had all of this stuff that God had already been introducing me to yeah. so many years before I ever had a clue. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so he's so far ahead. So the thing, the thing that I found out, especially in my recovery meetings and stuff, is that 
you know, you can trust God or not. Whether or not I trust that he's up there watching over Bill and Rob and Rudy or not, it doesn't it doesn't mean that he's not, even if I don't. Right? Even if even if I deny the fact that I'm an alcoholic, like a lot of people have a hard time going into twelve step meetings because like I don't want to be known as a, okay, just because I don't want to tell anybody I'm an alcoholic doesn't mean I'm not an alcoholic. Right. You know, I'm living out of the Great Home bus station for heaven's sakes. I can't stop storing dope and drinking vodka and Jose Cuervo. You know, I think maybe I might have a problem. Yeah, but I don't want to tell anybody I have a problem. Well, it doesn't mean I don't have a problem just because I don't want to tell you. So it doesn't mean that God is not 20 steps ahead of us at least just because we may or may not want to believe in him. Right. You know, it, it, it just, time and time and time again, and that's what my next book is going to be out in, in a month or two. Um, that one there is all my stories of, of my up down and my in and out beliefs with the Lord until I finally clicked into me that yes, he obviously had to be guiding me along the way mm -hmm. through all of my insane decisions. I mean, I've had some pretty insane decisions. And I would like to say, you know, my current book that's out, I don't know if you can see this or not, but it's called A uh, is, it, is It God or Coincidence? Okay, coming, yeah, I can see it. Coming to grips with the unexpected wonders in life. Now, this book has been out for two years, and it's still doing extremely well. And there's uh, an amazing, uh, the last two chapters, it started sharing at my recovery meetings in Hollywood and Alaska and stuff. Every time I share the stories in the last two chapters, it's about a gentleman who actually ends up passing away and how I needed a job. And I ended up working at the Orange County Fair down there, you in Costa Mesa. And how this whole thing about my relationship with the Lord, how it just elevated like 20 levels. Um, it's now being written into a faith-based film um, by a brilliant screenwriter here in Hollywood. So we'll see what the next for that. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I'm going to make sure to put the link for uh, for the God or coincidence in the. Uh, in the, yeah, it's right in the on, final uh, description. It's right on Amazon. It's gotten yep. amazing reviews. And, and it's funny, I just I just got a uh, uh, a note from Amazon two or three days ago and said, uh, by the way, we uh, we cheated you on your, didn't use the word cheat, but uh, we miscalculated uh, your uh, residual uh, income or royalties. Uh, so we gave you a little bit more money in, in July. We owed you a few extra dollars. So I was like, wow, nice. two, years, two years later on a self-published book, but here's the deal, Bill. I said, I said, look at all the stories in here. I did not create. They're all given to me by God. Okay. And so they're all God's story. And mm -hmm. so I, I said, Lord, I will self-publish it, and I will leave the promotion up to you. Mm. And so you know, it's gotten some great response and stuff, and some wonderful reviews. But then all of a sudden, uh, about, uh, I'd say in March of this year, I had been out of work because of a serious injury that happened to me. I almost died in a boat that I was working on up in Alaska. Oh, wow. So I'd been out of work, and, 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 and without having gone back to work, but having this book published, a friend of mine calls me up and says, hey, I'm doing a short film. Uh, would you mind going over to the Miracle Theater in uh, Inglewood, on Market Street in Inglewood, never heard of the place, but apparently it's a famous theater in the Inglewood community in that part of the uh, Los Angeles. And he said, uh, can you uh, fill in for me because I got COVID 
and I'm supposed to do a part in this film that I got with the main actors, but I, and he, out of all the people that he knows, hundreds and hundreds, they called me. So I go, I said to him, I said, well, you know, nothing happens in God's world by mistake. I said, so there's right. a reason why you got COVID and you called me out of all the people that you know. And sure enough, the first night I'm there, I meet the main actors. And one of the guys played in Shawshank Redemption and Aliens and stuff. There's some well-known folks. And one guy, the gal, has done a ton of episodes, NCIS and all of this good stuff, you know. And so I get to fill in and I get to be the driver for them. They're, they're a bunch of mobsters, and I'm the I'm the I'm the I'm the driver for the mobsters. Um, and anyways, so I meet the guys the first night. I only knew them for a couple hours. The second night before I went to work, I said to my girlfriend, I said, "Honey, tonight the miracle is going to happen at the Miracle Theater." And she said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, God has me there for a reason. I haven't worked in three and a half years." The first bit I get is at the Miracle Theater because my friend got COVID and he can't go on the set. And he asked me about, anyways, I show up less than three minutes there, Bill. One of the guys, one of the main stars says to the makeup lady, he goes, yeah, I directed these movies with this guy. And he said, but they were all uh, face-based films, though. And like, I was like a good 25, 30 feet away from this guy in the dressing room. And I just automatically screamed to him. I pointed my arm out and screamed and said, you're my miracle. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, dude, I wrote this book. Is it got, I told him this whole story. I ran out to my trunk because God always told me to keep copies of the book in my trunk. So I always keep copies in my trunk. I ran out. I got him. I said, can you get it to this star, right, that directed these movies for? I want to get it in his hands. And uh, so we talked. He gave me his cell phone number. The next day, I called the writer and wrote the short film. And I had heard that night by people on the set that this writer, my friend of mine, I knew he was a writer, but I didn't know how good he was. They said, oh, this guy's one of the most brilliant writers we've ever read for, and we will work with this guy anytime." I said, really? I didn't know this. So I called my friend to tell him the good news, and, he, and I said, you know, and I said, I've, I've got to get a feed-based film written. And he's like, well, why don't you let me write it for you? So now, knowing that this guy is a brilliant screenwriter, I said, do you want to write that? He said, yeah, I already read your book. He said, it's one of the best memoirs I've ever read. He goes, I got tons of them on my shelf. Uh, he goes, uh, yours is definitely the best by far. So I'd love to do it. So right now, the screenplay is being written, and that's how that came about. It was just, I got to work at the Miracle Theater, and the miracle happened. And now, you know, God's going to do what he wants with the script, and then we'll see what happens with the financing. That's awesome. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be so cool. <clears throat> well, yeah, you, I'm gonna have be, to. Well, I, and I and I'll show I'll share this if I can, Bill. This I want to sh I want to share. I would love to really really share. You know, in the Bible, God talks about this, and Rudy probably knows this, and you may know already. But God talks about the fact that if He puts a good work in us, mm -hmm. He will give us everything that we need to make it happen. Right. And, and and most people that I know think that I'm a whack job because I just have too much faith in the Lord. You know, <laughs> I, I've had one friend, Don, who told me years ago, he said, you're the richest guy I know on planet Earth. And mind you, I was out of work at the time. I had just gone through a divorce. So, you know, I was at the lowest point of my stuff. I was 20 years sober, but at the lowest point. But he said, no, it's not about your money. And all. he said, you have more faith than any human being I've ever met. And that makes you the richest man I've ever known. And I thought that was a pretty cool statement. So the bottom yeah. line is, so the bottom line is this: 
uh, my wife leaves and goes in a totally opposite direction in life out here in Los Angeles. So my family said, listen, you know what, just leave everything for her and the kids that were her biological children. Just leave everything for that. Trust that God will take care of you. And so I literally left with $100 in my pocket after taking care of dogs for 10 years and some things happened and that's the way it ended up and so my family's like just trust god he'll take care of you yeah so i trusted in the lord and there was a it was an ad on one of the casting websites in hollywood looking for a jewelry salesman in alaska and it came with a house and a place to uh, live and a, and a car and i had sold wow. jewelry on tv shopping networks for 15 years prior to that if I took the job, I end up in Alaska. One thing leads to another. All of a sudden, I've got a bunch of books being written. I've got shows that I've created and all this stuff. But so, but I was working on this one uh, private cruise ship. And one day, one of the deckhands left a, a big hatch open. And I fell in, shredded my leg. I laid on a bed for two hours. Felt wrapped around my leg, trying to keep me alive. I had lost a ton of blood. I was like that and ready to go into shock. So the mm -hmm. fact that I'm still here, so you know the insurance company, they don't, they wanna, they wanna steal as much money or, or deny you whatever word you want to use, right. as much money, so that you'll just say, oh, you know, just give me five dollars, I'll just suffer the rest of my life, whatever, right? But I had God in my corner, right? And so God, God said, and I, and I had already written a bunch of, a bunch of this book here had already been written, and I said, well, Lord. I can't finish it because I'm not a writer. I almost flunked out of high school because I couldn't pass English. I said, how am I going to finish this book? I don't know what periods and topics semicolon, all this other stuff. And I can't print what I've written. So I just call up my friend David, who's uh, the international marketing director for Warner Brothers. Now, mind you, they were paying so low that I was literally living on $7 a day. Wow. Us for more than two years. Wow, that doesn't but, even seem possible. You tell me about it. Try doing it. <laughs> but God, you know, he gives you what, you know, he wanted me to be exactly where I was so I would focus on getting out the amazing stories that he had given me to, to get out. And so I got to a point where I, I like, I can't publish this. You know, I was like, <laughs> it would be a mess. And so I call my friend David out of the blue. <laughs> I find out that David, who used to be an international marketing director at Warner Brothers, had just gotten laid off the week before. Mm -hmm. And so David was a writer as well. So David said, hey, why don't you come over to my house? He lives in the, you know, the Arcadia, Pasadena area. So he said, come over here on Monday and, and let me take a look at your book. Well, for the next year and a half, every week for four hours, David gave me four hours of free time every Signed the cover, signed the inside of the book, and he was my writing coach. He charged me a dime. Wow. So that was who God gave me. So then we got to a point where it's like, okay, we're ready to publish, but we really need somebody. We really need a copy editor to go over this stuff and double check our work and make sure we got stuff right. So I was at my old apartment down near Universal Studios, and I was standing outside, and, and this gal comes walking down. She's my neighbor. And we had talked a little bit in the past, but never really much. And she's standing there, and she goes, how's life going? I said, well, it's good. I, you know, I wrote this book, but I'm kind of bummed because I can't publish it. And she said, why not? 
I said, well, I need a copy editor. I said, I can't really just put it out there the way that me and my friend have done it because we don't know how many corrections it needs and all this. Mm-hmm. She said, well, why don't, you, she said, why don't you just give it to me? And I said, why would I do that? She goes, well, don't you know why I work out of my apartment? I said, well, because I'm a professional copy editor. <laughs> he said, I used to work at a publishing house for 30 years, and now I do all this stuff for scientists and researchers and stuff, so that's my expertise. She said, I'll be happy to bless you, because I believe in you, and I've watched you work and stuff, and I know the effort you've put in. Your roommate has told me the effort you've put in. And uh, she goes, after 5 o'clock at night, after I earn my paycheck for the day, I'll bless you, and I'll edit this for you. Well, that's, wow. how it, that's so it got edited. And then she gave it back to me one day. She said, here you go. She said, you know, I, I really enjoyed reading that book. It was wonderfully written and blah, blah, blah. And I, re- you know, I, and, I, and I made all the corrections. And I said, well, thank you. She goes, you know what? Actually, I really, really enjoyed reading that book. She said, give it back to me. I want to double check and just make sure I got all the stuff that I needed to get and I didn't miss anything. And so I gave it back to her. She went over it again and she found about 50 things that she had missed. And uh, she corrected them. So then I call up a friend who's a life coach up in Northern California. And I said, hey, man, would you mind taking a look at my book? And if you like it, would you mind writing a blurb that I can write on the back cover? You know, mm-hmm. so I can have some testimonials. So he said, well, I need a hard copy. I can't do a, um, I can't do a um, uh, online. You know, like me, I can't do stuff online. You know, I have to have a hard copy. So I send it up three days later. He says, Rob, I just want to let you know, I got your hard copy. And he said, you know, I don't know if I ever told you this or not, but my wife and I are professional proofreaders. So (laughs) while I'm reading your book to give you a review, I'll proofread it for you and let you know if I find anything wrong with it. So hence, God gave me a free proofreader. That's how it got proofread. So then I go, well, Lord, I need some, I need some, you know, uh, like an, a real author to write something nice for the back cover. And God says, well, you know this guy, Paul, who you see at some of your stuff on, uh, you go to some social events, and you know this guy, Paul. I said, well, I said, you know, I say hi to him and stuff. He goes, yeah, but he always says nice things to you, and he's very kind to you and generous to you. I said, Lord, but Paul is a, 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 a Pulitzer-nominated author. And uh, he's won awards all around the world. I said, he doesn't have time to deal with me and my book. And I was literally driving on the 210 freeway going to David's, my uh, my writing coach. And, and I'm praying and Lord says, Rob, you prayed to me. You asked me who to call. I tell you who to call. And then you argue with me. He said, just pick up the phone and call Paul. So I literally pulled off the 210 freeway. And I said, uh, hey, Paul, this is Rob. I said, uh, I know you're a busy guy and all this. And he, I said, but is there any chance you might be able to read my book? And if you happen to like it, would you mind, you know, writing a little, you know, one or two line blurb for me? He goes, oh, my God. He goes, thank you so much for calling. I'm so honored that you would call and ask me to do that for you. And so if you read the back of the book or you check it out on Amazon, you'll see the back cover. All the eight lines a wonderful paragraph, and he compared me to two best-selling books. One of them is Conversations with God. Okay. I was like, wow. I said, this is incredible. And again, Paul, no charge for Paul, no charge for the proofreader, no charge for the copy editor, no charge for the cover design, because God wanted his stories out there. Mm-hmm. Right? 
And so then people said, Rob, you really need to do an audio book. And I'm like, Lord, that's, you know, another five, six thousand dollars because the copy editor usually wants 10 to 15 cents a word anyway. So that would my the book's 47,000 words. So it would have cost me about five grand to have that. And I'm like, how do you do that on seven dollars a day? And God says, Rob, you got me. I got everything. You know, trust me. So then it was time for the audio book. And I called my friend, God's friend, Rick. He's got a professional sound editing studio at his house uh, in the Los Angeles area. And he's been a professional sound engineer in Hollywood for 30 years. Called him and asked him, I'm bored. I said, that's like five, $6,000. I can't call this. And again, the Lord says, Rob, you ask me again, you call, and then I tell you, and you just argue with me. He says, when are you going to stop arguing with me and just listen to what I say and just do it? Please call Rick. So I call up Rick and I go, hey, Rick, how you doing? And he goes, hey, I saw on Facebook you got your book out. That's really cool. Congratulations. I said, yeah. I said, I'm excited. I said, pretty cool. I said, but, uh, you know, keep telling me I need to do an audio book. Without hesitation, food. Come over to my house tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. I got a freaking recordio studio right here. He says, just hit the record button. It'll take me two or three months to fix all your mistakes and stuff. I'll have it all to spec just the way Audible wants it for you. And that's my blessing for you. He said, so be here at 9 in the morning. Bingo. That's how the audio book got done. And so I say that, and I share that story, because that's going to be the first story in my sequel to Is It God or Coincidence of how this particular book got written in the first place. And so I say that to your audience, Bill, because so many especially in this time of COVID and inflation, all of this stuff that's happening and the political fight, the mm-hmm. religion, a lot of people are living in not trusting that the world has a plan for their life. And they're so caught up in all of the craziness, chaos, whatever you want to call it, of the world, that they're forgetting to focus that the Lord has an amazing plan for their life, that each one of us has an amazingly special purpose that we need to get out into the world and use our skills and talent. So here's the other funny thing. If you open up to the first page to the introduction, the introduction was written by my old English teacher in high school. 45 years later, I only just out of high school and I didn't pass English, and my English teacher wrote the forward to the book for me. <laughs> I mean, you just can't, I was going to say, you just can't make this stuff up, but I didn't make it up. It actually really happened. Wow. So, so I share that story because I want your audience, hopefully, to know that God has got a plan for them. He's got a plan for you. He gave you a talent to, to get a message out and host a podcast that you're doing. You know, and who sees it, we don't know. God will take care of the people that he needs to see your podcast will see it. Mm-hmm. The same thing with Rudy producing it and his talent and skills behind the scenes. Right? And then he gave me, right. he took a guy that almost couldn't finish high school because he couldn't write. And he's asked him to write a freaking book. This is my second book. And then I have my next book, and I already have another book that's already written as well. That one needs to be edited as well. So, and they're all about my relationship with the Lord. 
And so, you know, I never know how he's going to use me. And now, like I said, there's a faith-based film being written, and we'll see what the Lord's got to do with that. And, uh, and what's really cool is the guy who's writing it is actually a screenwriting professor who teaches online, and he's been a professor for like 30 years, and he's gotten really busy. So what he did was one of his students actually wrote a faith-based film for her thesis on the past class. So he was back and contacted her and said, hey, would you like to join me in writing a screenplay for his book? Mm-hmm. And so she read the book and you know wrote wonderful notes back. It's well written. Really enjoyed the book. All of this stuff. I would love to. So now the professor and his student are going to work together to. And she's very Christ centered. Are going to work together to write the. They're working together to write the faith based film on my book. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. So we never know how the Lord's going to use us, Bill. No, no, we don't. We have to just be ready and open, and uh, and um, yeah, just uh, um, getting to know uh, get get to know him uh, through his word and uh, and be open to his uh, his leading. Um, yeah, I never would have gotten to uh, to the church I'm in if uh, if I hadn't have been open for it because uh, I never would have chosen it on my own. Um, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't speak much Spanish, but, uh, God said, no, Bill, you're going to join a Spanish speaking church. And so that's where I'm at. And, uh, two of the podcasts I do over the course of the week are, uh, are Spanish language, uh, uh, services. Wow. Very <laughs> cool. Hey, let me so. tell you what I got, I go to the church now and, and there's a lot of, uh, Hispanic, uh, folks there and, I'll, I've been to a couple of Hispanic services as well, and although I don't, I don't understand everything. I understand enough. Uh, Jesus is a word that's understood in every language. Yep. You know, I always know when the Lord's. I always know when the Father is saying Jesus. It's not. Uh, <laughs> but I, I watch. But the energy. You know, I was telling my girlfriend the other day. I said I love the Hispanic community because, for instance, if you went. If, they are so tight together, right? They are so family-oriented. They are so focused on doing good stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, every, every community has its bad apples, right? No matter what gets sure. it. I really admire the Hispanic. You, if you go up to Elysian Park, where Dodger Stadium is on a Saturday afternoon, the whole park is just filled with Hispanic families having birthday parties or whatever else they're, you know, celebrating. But they're always together and they share an incredible value system of family and stuff. And I, I love that. So you say that and it's, you know, there's obviously something that was missing that God felt that he, that you would get without, without your own wife sent me here, Lord. He sent it. There's a reason. Well, now here you are broadcasting two of their services every week. How incredible is that? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, we've uh, we've reached people as far away as Cuba, and uh, definitely Cuba is a place that uh, that can use a little more of the Lord. You know, and I, I'm I'm willing to bet that a lot of people down there really are desiring the Lord as well, yeah. and. For whatever reasons they may not be able to express themselves 
and their joy for him or the desire for him as we are here. And, uh, and that's one of the things about being here in this country. We're so blessed to be able to express whatever mm -hmm. it is our beliefs are. And, uh, and it's great, you know, if we just get this project imagine what he's looking at right now up above looking at uh, I know that he's smiling right now upon Rudy and Bill and Rob and, and anybody who may be listening to this uh, this podcast uh, simply because we're boldly talking about him you know the Bible tells us hey man don't be wishy-washy about me Jesus says you're in you're out Right. You know, and if you're kind of wishy-washy, then just wait till you decide whether you're in or out. You know, but go boldly and you're just sharing, you know, my job, your job, our job is to be prayed up so that we uh, put on our super armor, go out into the world and be there for that soul that's searching for the Lord. And mm -hmm. that person walks into our life and, you know, steps up to Rudy by an accident at the grocery store or Bill, you know, when he's over there buying a, you know, a Slurpee at 7-Eleven, whatever it might be. You know, when Bob got walking his dog, I had more blessings walking my dog. You would not believe the people I run into. And I end yeah. up talking about God. You know, and uh, my job is Oh, hold on, lost the audio again. Okay, let's try this. Let's try that again. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's better. All right. So I was saying that, you know, our job as Christians, as Christ believers, is to uh, always make sure that we ask the Lord to have the protection of his thickest shield of armor on us so that we can be safe out in the world wherever we go. A lot of crazy stuff happening. You know, you just turn on the news any time of the day. Uh, you know, wow, it's, you know, but the point is, you and I and Ruby never know who's going to step into our lives at any given moment that is lost and is desperately seeking the Lord or a better way of life. And, and so it's our job to be up, right? So enough about the Word of God. We don't need theologians. Nobody right. Knows. Nobody, we need to be an attraction of the Lord. We need to, like right now, I can see the joy of the Lord. I just mentioned the Lord's name, and you have this incredible smile coming out of your face, this incredible glow. You have this amazingness coming out of your eyes. Now, if I was lost and confused and down and out, and I saw you, I would I, I would come up to you and say, man, you look like you're a pretty happy dude. You know, I'm down and out. What, what what, what, what are you doing that's making you so happy? And you get to say, you know, hey, man, I'm just uh, trying to be the best that God has created me to be today. And and I've said that to people, and then total strangers in Alaska, L.A., wherever I am, and people come up to me and they go, hey, man, I'm really having a hard time with the Lord now that you said that. Do you have a minute? Can you talk to me? Yeah. You know, I have, I have a great story out in uh, Sitka, Alaska, out in the middle of the ocean, and I was rushing back to get on our boat. We were taking off, and I was the cruise director, and I was the last one. I was I was running a little bit behind, so I started running, and then as I was running, I, I saw a penny and a dime on the ground. 
and I stopped to pick it up, and I, as I picked it up, this guy was standing like three feet from me. He goes, hey, man, what would you just pick up? And I said, a penny and a dime. He said, why would you do that? I said, you know what it says on the, on the, on the point. I said, it says, in God we trust. He says, yeah, I know that. And I started to walk away, and I said, have a blessed day. And I started to walk away, and the guy goes, hey, man, hey, hang on a second, please, please. And I said, what's that? He goes, uh, have a second? And I'm thinking, like, no, I don't have a second. I have, like, 30 people waiting for me on a boat. So I didn't say that to him. <laughs> but, you know, he said, man, I'm having a really, really hard time with my uh, my uh, life with the Lord. And I'm really thinking that he doesn't love me. And I'm having a hard time dealing with my thoughts on him. You have a moment so I can share some thoughts with you. And I'm thinking, you know what? Worst comes to the worst. The captain has to wait five minutes for me to get there. You know, it's not going to make a real difference. So I sit there and I talk to this guy, and we had a really heart-to-heart talk, and then he invited me next time I come back to town to go out on his boat with him and uh, and go out for a joyride out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. But, you know, I was able to bring some light to him, and one thing I always do, Bill, is I always have business cards in my pocket. No matter where I am, I always have business cards. So that way I can say, like I was able to say to that guy, Jeff, I was able to say, here you go, here's my card, call me later, and let's keep talking. Right? So I never know who the board is going to throw. And I'll tell you this, I don't know how you start your day, but I start my day and I pray every day. I thank the Lord for another day. But when I wake up, then I say hi to Mother Mary, St. Joseph, all my saints that are protecting me, my angels and my families and friends in heaven that are watching above me. And uh, then I pray and then I thank Part of my prayer is the first thing I do is I say, Lord, please help me to do your will today, not my will be done. And mm-hmm. please help me where I can be a maximum service to you and my fellows. And, you know, things happen. Yeah. You know, I, have, I have a friend about an hour and a half away, texted me the other night, 72 years old, can't stop drinking. He's got internal bleeding going on. He, he's, I, I couldn't get out at 11 o'clock at night. I wasn't driving an hour and a half to try to save this guy, so I was able to call the sheriff. And uh, the, uh, the, uh, I asked him to do a courtesy at the hotel my friend was at. So now he's in a hospital about an hour and a half from me. So I'll go and see him tomorrow. But he's got internal bleeding going on. He can't start drinking. And you know, I'll go out and share some love with him. And maybe that might be the thing that gets him into a recovery program or something. Yeah. I never know. And, and, and so the thing is, I can't be involved with the results of my actions. I can only do my best to be the best Rob that I can be on a daily basis and share the light of the Lord into the world and have the smile. And, you know, some days are a lot tougher than others, as we know. We lose people, you know, financial things, all this stuff. But I can always know that as long as I've got him in my life, it's always going to be okay. So I don't need to sit there and spend my day worrying the more I focus on helping Bill have a better day or Rudy have a better day or your audience have a better day, the more that God says, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, when when you need, I'll make sure you always have. You may not get everything in life you want, but I promise you always have everything. Yeah. Yep. As, uh, as the stone said, uh, you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you got me all fired up for the Lord here. You know? <laughs> I, 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 
Holy what? Sounds like uh, sounds like you got quite quite a task ahead of you with your uh, with your friend in the hospital. So uh, so maybe that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, listen, I all I could do the other night, you know, I prayed. What can I do, Lord? I'm not driving an hour and a half at night, and especially I was out here in L.A., so I wasn't going to drive on L.A. freeways at an hour and a half at night on at 11 o'clock. You know, right? We all know what a zoo that is. So oh, I said, yeah. what? Can, what can I do to help my friend? He's holed up in a hotel, and he's on his last few dollars. He's obviously really drunk. He can't stop drinking. And, you know, how do I help him? And the Lord said, call the sheriff. You know, yeah. Ask him to do a courtesy run over there to just check on your friend. And now they were able to get him into a county hospital, and he's there. So I'll, I'll go out and see him and say hi and let him know that somebody yeah. cares and that he's not alone in this world and that just because he's got something going on that's a challenge in his life doesn't mean people are going to abandon him and that right. the Lord still got you know the Lord takes the people who are down the lowest right Paul and and, and, uh, and, and Moses think about it Moses killed somebody and he said hey you're going to be the guy that takes the Ten Commandments and walks down from the hill Right. So imagine what Moses must have been thinking. He goes, dude, yeah. the Lord, are you, look, are you looking at the right guy here? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what the Lord does. He takes those of us that are broken and battered and banged up and maybe have made some not-so-good choices in life, and he says, hey, if you want a better life, I'm here for you. But I do yeah. love you. I do love you, though, there, Mr. Bill, that I'll let you have the free will to make whatever choices you want. Right. If you got a better plan for your life than me, then I love you enough and I honor you and respect you enough to let you go and do what you choose. Right. But if one day you should ever say, hey, Lord, any chance you could throw a little help my way, I promise I'll be here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, he'll definitely give you enough rope to hang yourself with, but uh, <laughs> he'll be, there to, uh, he'll be yeah. there to help you out of it when you're ready. Oh my God! Uh, this I can't wait for this next book to come out. Uh, I won't talk too much about it now because it's just being edited. But uh, my editor looked at me. She started crying the other day. She said, "I have no idea how you're even alive right now." You know the, the, the things that I put myself through uh, through drugs and alcohol and the insanity of it all. It's just um, you know I just tell you really quickly. There was one night I was in Fort Lauderdale. I had just started working after being homeless. And uh, I met some girl at a club, and she's like, I'd like to get some cocaine. And I'm like, okay, well, let's party, man. And and I'm like, uh, I had borrowed a friend's car, and, and I'm like, well, I don't know where to get any around here. And her neighbor says, oh, you go over to this neighborhood. And he says, I just asked for a gal named Michelle, and she'll take care of me. I'm like, all right, great. So I back up the driveway, and the guy yells to me. He goes, hey, man, make sure you be careful, though. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, she killed the guy. So what? He goes, yeah, she just got out of prison. I said, she was in for killing a guy? She goes, yeah, that's why she was in prison, for killing a guy. Now, mind you, the normal human being would say, okay, well, you got another place for me to go then. Well, not yeah. me. You know, my addicted mind says, all right, well, I'll... so I go over there and here I find this gal and she gets in my car. The fact that she just didn't stab me to death or blow me away and just take my money, you know, but these are the choices I used to make when I used to say, you know, God, I got things under control. You know, and, and, and so I have to believe that I had some level of protection, you know, enough something between me and that gal and other situations that I've been in to keep me going. And since he kept me going, I believe he did anyway. Others can believe as they choose. 
but I believe that I need to dedicate myself and work for him as much as I can to help other human beings that might be going through the same struggles. So if I've got to get in my car and drive an hour and a half, well, oh, well, I'm blessed to have a car. I'm blessed to have uh, gas in the gas tank. Yeah. And I have two legs. And I have two arms to drive. And I have my prescription sunglasses. I'll make it. Yeah. You know, and to show and to show my friend that somebody cares, especially at 72. Imagine being 72 and not being able to stop drinking. How much hell that that man has been through his whole life. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Lord says, you know, it's never too late to come to me. Yeah. No, that's well, true. That's true. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's protected me through uh, some very different uh, types of situations like uh I was in an industrial fire, and uh, oh. um, yeah, and uh, surprised myself. the uh, The first thing uh, the first thing I uh, did as I was on fire was uh, was pray. It was very simple. It wasn't very eloquent. You know, it was basically just God help me. <laughs> but uh, uh, in much louder, uh, much louder than that. But, uh, um, but yeah, but he uh, he brought me through. Did you use different words too? No, no, uh, no! I didn't swear. I was, uh, I was quite amazed, and still am, that uh, that uh, I was on fire and I didn't swear. Um, yeah, yeah, he was definitely there with me through it, and uh, um, yeah, I actually had to, uh, I had to come up with the plan on how to uh, deal with it too, because uh, I was at work and uh, I was the low man on the totem pole, and everybody else was freaking out. And uh, so I had to, uh, and I was wearing a, a half-face respirator, so I had to yell just to be heard. And uh, so I had to tell the people, you know, the manager and the and the supervisor and my coworker, my senior coworkers, and all that. I'm like, okay, you go and do this. You find out that. You go and get a car so that we can, you know, we can go to the the because we had to go to a. Uh, uh, an industrial uh, medical facility that was nearby. It was like two blocks away and wow. uh, and had to tell everybody, you know, it's like, okay, this is what you need to do. This is how we deal with this. And I had to be calm because they weren't. And, uh, and meanwhile, my, my flesh had basically ripped off the, uh, the, the gloves I was wearing had, had melted into the, uh, into the skin of my hands. And uh, when I took them off, because I couldn't get them to stop burning, it, it just kind of ripped layers of skin right off the uh, the backs of my hands. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. It was. I, I don't recommend it. It was. It was highly unpleasant. Uh, <laughs> so I'm guessing that every day you still have some type of. Uh, oh yeah, they're a reminder. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. a little bit of nerve pain from it. Uh, um, yeah, um, yeah, I take meds for it and uh, and all, and uh, yeah, it affects me even uh, even now. Let's see, ninety four to twenty two. That's uh, we're coming up on thirty years. Wow. So uh, yeah, just a couple of years away, and uh, yeah, um, but uh, um, but he was with me through it, and uh, he had a plan that I wasn't uh, I wasn't on the right path, I guess, and. Uh, so uh, he let this thing happen, and uh, and it steered me in a different direction. Wow! And, uh, yeah. And and the good news is is that you're you've accepted that different direction, and mm -hmm. rather than rather than screaming at the Lord saying, you know, why could you let this happen? You know, you're a bum, right. you're a loser. 
you realize that just the opposite, that he was there protecting you. And even though you had to go through a lot of pain, you know, you look at Jesus and they're like, how much pain did that guy have to go through? People kicking him and whipping him and beating him and all of this stuff. And then pounding nails through his hands and feet. Yeah. You know, just, uh, just craziness what he went through. And oh, uh, absolutely. so you and I, you know, like I said, I sat there with my leg, uh, you know, shredded. I'm fortunate to be on this side of the grass. You know, people see the pictures yeah. and, wow, how did you survive that? And then I listen to your story. And, and it's cool that, you know, eventually he brings us all together so that we can share in stories that honor and respect him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the why of, uh, you know, why did this happen kind of a thing. Um, and I've come to realize that the why is not in the past. You can you can find out the how in the by looking at the past. You know, it's like, OK, this is what happened. This is how it happened. Um, you know, I did this. Somebody did that. And it all came together for this thing to happen. But the why is in the future the why this happened is where you're going it's how it changes your path and uh um you know like uh like uh the way my uh my divorce unfolded destroyed me financially and uh um and i had to move in uh with uh with my grandparents who lived in santa Ana. And uh, um, and it was the perfect timing for them because they were had gotten older, obviously, but they weren't really able to to do all the stuff around the house that needed to get done, the heavy the heavy lifting, if you will. And uh, uh, but they weren't ready to move into an assisted living facility yet. So it worked out for them too because I was able to come in and do things like mowing the lawn and taking out the trash and 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 the things they couldn't do anymore. And it worked out for me because I didn't have a place to live. I would have been living out of the Greyhound station. And uh, but uh, uh, but when I moved in there, um, I decided to uh, to start going to the old family church. Now this is the church. Uh, the it's a it's a, it was an American Baptist church, and uh, it was right there in Santa Ana. And members of my family had been going there since like 1949. And uh, so uh, definitely the family church, everybody knew me and uh, uh, met the pastor. And uh, uh, as part of a project I was working on, uh, I was going to sponsor his show for a little bit. And uh, um, and so I went on to his radio program that he did out of the Angel Stadium and uh, uh, and never left. I ended up being his co-host. And then when uh, when we ran out of money to do the show and he got promoted up to the region uh, to be the uh, the executive minister for the region, um, I took the sh- what I took the show and put it online, which uh, led to me doing uh, not only uh, two shows now with my father, uh, one uh, one is a straight Bible study and the other is a topical study. And. Uh, um, and uh, so we do those on Tuesdays and Saturdays, and uh, and I decided to start doing this show, too. And uh, um, and so because of my terrible divorce, I could have been, and I did for a little while, like the the whole why me, why uh, why this, and all that uh, for a little while. It's only natural to do that, but uh, um, 
But I found that by looking outside of myself and uh, um, and the moves that had to be made because of that divorce, now I realized that it happened so that I would end up doing these shows. You know that uh, that I would be a podcaster and uh, and talk to all these different people and put out uh, put out God's message online, and uh, um, and yeah, now it's it's very satisfying, and uh, and I've accepted that uh, what happened happened uh, for this reason. Well, if my ex-wife had not gone in a totally different direction in her life, uh, I would have never ended up in Alaska. And I would have never met all these incredible people that I have. And, and because of that, I have one, two, three, four, there will be a total of a minimum of five books that all honor the Lord, mm-hmm. all as a result of that. And not only is there a faith-based film being written on, uh, on this particular book right here, it's a God of right. Coincidence, but the next book that I have, after the one I just wrote, I already have two people that want to do a action adventure faith-based film, <laughs> okay. um, like a die-hard but with a faith-based underlying moral <laughs> to it. And I've already got people knocking on my door for that. So nice. none of this stuff would have happened. Plus, I would have <laughs> never had all of these incredible experiences walking into glaciers, underneath glaciers, in the ice caves, and. Well, you know, flying on top of glaciers and, you know, all of these incredible experiences that I've had that people saved their whole life that God said, here you go, have as much of it as you want. I got it all for you. And and so, yes, so look at you. You're doing all this stuff. And and you hit hit something that I hope your audience really paid attention to because it caught me. The why is not... Why, Lord? Why? Why did you just take all my money? Why, Lord, did this, you know this accident happen, or why, Lord, did this divorce happen? I can't understand why this is happening. All my friends are doing this and that, and this and that, and, and why do you got me here? And I've never heard that before. So make sure you share that with people. The why yeah. is not for why is it happening to me at the moment. It's it's why is it happening to me because so now you know that it's happening. Because the Lord has this incredible plan to use you for the future, but he he couldn't do it in the position you were in because your parents needed your help and other things needed to happen, and it all happened because, you know... One of my, my statement that I that I put out is, you know, there's a blessing in every challenge. It's up to me to find it. Right. Right. And so you look at the why and the why is in the future. That is yeah. absolutely brilliant. You need to make a bumper sticker or something or put that on your <laughs> web page. The why is in the seriously because yeah. you caught my attention and now I can share that with people. Yeah, and see, please and do. All of your audience can share it if they choose to. That's why you hit me with I, I caught that. And it's so prominent what you said. Uh, and it's so insightful. I hope your audience picks up on it as well and realizes that if they're going through challenges, you know, if if I had had, here's the funny thing, I'll, I, I, I'll end one for you. You know, we talked about me having to live in a particular place because I only had $7 a day and I was blessed that somebody let me rent a room very cheap. The day after my editor gave me back the book, mm-hmm. 
I ended up getting a little bit more money and was able to move into a, a nicer place. And the place that I moved out of was with a 19-year-old man, and he ended up having a bunch of health issues, and his son was able to move in with him to take care of him because I was able to move out the day after the editor gave me back my book for God. Wow. You know, I mean, he's got this thing planned, and you hit it on the head with the why. I hope you share that more often with people, because that is really something that people are, people are living in so much fear right now, because they are like, why, Lord? Why? Why am I out of work? Why do I have this? Why did I get, you know, all of these whys they ask. But they're asking so many whys because they don't believe that he's so far ahead of us. Mm -hmm. I don't really have to ask why. I say, okay, Lord, well, I'm not sure why this is happening, but obviously you got a plan because in Jeremiah 29, you're telling me you got a plan for me for hope and the future to bring me good stuff, not to harm me. So either I believe you or I don't. And even if I don't believe you, it doesn't mean you're not working on my behalf because you love me so much and that's what you do. Right, right. But yeah, just uh, you gotta you gotta keep moving forward. You know that's where that's where the why is. It's 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 in it's in the future. It's in the it's in the the space in front of us. I love and, that. Here. That yeah. is seriously that is brilliant, Bill. Make sure you keep sharing that because I'm going to use that from now on, and I'm going to take all the credit for coming up for that on my own. I'm not going <laughs> to anything about my friend Bill down in Santa Ana that turned me on to this. So, Rudy, if you're listening, don't close your ears right now, because uh, I'm stealing this and, and using it as my own wisdom. You know, I share with people all the time. People say to me all the time, they go, Rob, you're a really smart guy. And I say, no, I just listen to a lot of people who have had a lot of life experiences, mm -hmm. and I absorb it. And then when people come to pieces, I can say, no, my friend Bill once said, why it's not about what happens, it's about what happens. I said, no, that's not me. That was my friend Bill. Everything I have, I didn't create on my own. Yeah. You know, we, we all, well, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. Ah, love that. Yeah. Now, I can't take credit for that one. Wow. <laughs> oh, well, you've got, some, you've got some amazing wisdom to share as well. And, and I'm telling you, you have the, the bubbling, brilliant face of the your eyes are just oozing with goodness and happiness and joy and your whole glow about you, even underneath that beard there. I can still see the good energy coming out there. And, uh, and I hope to continue to shine your light into the world, especially in Santa Ana. That's a really challenging area in yeah. many parts, as we know, right? So a guy like there's no doubt why the Lord has Bill stuck in the middle of that particular area because, yeah. you know... You change one of those guys' lives, and all of a sudden, they start looking around, and other people are looking at them going, hey, dude, you used to be this guy, this guy, this guy. Like, yeah, you know what? I ran into a guy named Bill, and he kind of just shared that you know, maybe God had a better plan for my life. Yeah. That's all we can do. And uh, you uh, you keep doing that, too, um, for sure. I will. Boy, it's uh, nice yeah, you got a lot of... You got a lot of great things coming up. That's, uh, yeah, it's just uh, amazing where, uh, where the Lord's uh, taking you. The, the journey has made you uh, an absolutely incredible person. 
I can't. Thank you very much. I can't. You know, I just like I said, I just uh, I'll end you. I, I'll end you on this. If we can end on a, on a high note of, sure. of, a, of, a, of a typical sad story, but a high note. Right. We never know where we're going to be. And, and if it's a light. So in uh, in chapter six of this book, um, there's a story about how I went to a recovery. Trying to get sober, he was in this recovery program we have up here. He's from South Central Los Angeles. Okay. So it was an African American gentleman, and um, in the book I think I called him Larry. And uh, and so Larry uh, was up there. You know, anybody that goes South Central Los Angeles, many people would call that a kind of a challenging neighborhood. And, a bit. Um, and so, you know, here's this rough and tough guy. And I, I met him at a meeting and I just said, hey, man, how are you? Good to see you in town. You know, and I gave him my card because I got taught a long time ago to always have a card. The man, if I can ever be of any help, here's my number, you know, gave him a hug. Two weeks later, he's walking down the main street in Juneau about two o'clock in the afternoon. He was dumping and bumbling and all over the place. Right. I happened to be walking towards him. He's got three or four friends with him, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is, you know, he's going to get hit by a car or something. He's whacked, he's, you know, and I step out in front of him, and I start confronting him, and I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? You know, you're, you're drunk, whatever, and I'm like, you know, the Lord's got a better plan for your life and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I saw I saw in the, his friend's eyes, like, they were just, like, Larry's going to just beat you to a pulp any minute now, Rob. You know what? You're, you know, you're, 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 you're saying all the wrong stuff. And I've realized, you know, that over the years, I've never had anybody say anything negative when I've shared the Lord with them. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's funny, you always see the person. Something about God. And so because I had been praying that morning and asking Lord, you know, to put me in positions to help people and stuff, but now the guy says something. So now, all of a sudden, he starts crying, he steps forward, he hugs me, and then he steps back. And then it was a colder day, so he pulled up his jacket and he About an hour earlier, he had sliced his wrist to his elbow. Wow. And I got told later that if, if, if somebody's trying to kill themselves, they usually don't go across their wrist. That's just to get attention. Right. They go yeah. this way because they want to kill themselves. So I saw that, and all of a sudden, I just, like, really got into his face, like, with the God talk, you know, Mm -hmm. and telling him that God had a bigger purpose. And you could see his friends are like, dude, this guy is just going to beat you to a serious pulp right now. You know, you are way out of line talking about God to this guy, right? And all of a sudden, the guy stops, Larry, now he's gently in his pocket, and he just pulls out the buddy knife he used to kill, try to kill himself with an hour wow. early and he hands it to me and he says thank you because huh. I was just standing there going oh my gosh idea whether or not my talk that day helped him right 
you know, but for some reason, God put me in front of him, and I was prayed up, and I had been working my recovery program since I hit him before. He didn't tell him anything about me. I just said, all about God. Right. And, there, and and he's still alive today, as far as I know. He's still up there, and it's been a couple of years now. Excuse me. Wow. But we never know what kind of... I'm, I'm holding this bloody knife that the guy, you know, tried to kill himself with. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, you, you planted a seed. You definitely planted a seed there, and uh, and someone else will water it, and God will get the increase. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Can't take credit for that one either. No, <laughs> I, I was just doing what the Lord the Lord said. You know, I yep. saved you. I need you to help me save others. Yeah. Now, I can't save anyone, but as you just said, I can plant the seed. Yep. Yeah, how did uh, yeah, what did uh, Paul said it uh, I planted a seed, Apollos watered it, and uh, God made the increase. There you go. Beautiful. Well, I yeah. I find it an honor to be here. Oops. Speaking of the <laughs> speaking of the very spiritual girlfriend. Ah. The last person I expected to call me in the middle of the afternoon, she's actually uh, out of state at a wonderful convention with a bunch of her spiritual friends. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so uh, anyways, uh, uh, that is good stuff. I appreciate yeah. the opportunity. If anybody online uh, wants to go and check out Is It God or Coincidence? Coming to grips mm -hmm. with the unexpected wonders in life. It's on Amazon. It's on Kindle. And there's an audio book as well. And, uh Hopefully yeah. we'll get a chance to talk in the not-too-distant future. I have another uh, wonderful series of books coming out that uh, I think your audience will enjoy as well. And it's about, you know, it's basically my journey as Moses or David or Job, really, <laughs> as my sister calls it, Job, where I lost everything and I battled back and forth. Is God really there? Is he not really there? I love you, Lord. Oh, now it seems like you're not there because I'm not getting what I want. So uh, right. I might as well just forget that. You know, and hiding under trees in the dark, thinking the Lord can't see me. Well, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, a lot of crazy stuff. But uh, I'll tell you what, as you can probably tell, I, I get really psyched and pumped. I appreciate your time and Rudy's time for uh, allowing me to share about the book today. And I hope I appreciate you your time. Thank you. My pleasure. It's, uh, you know, anytime he calls, I'm there. So, you know, I, I would be honored to uh, have coffee with you anytime. Sounds good. Now, there's a question I ask at the end of every show of every guest. Oh, I knew I should have left quicker. Yeah, you should have left quicker. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of a reset question, you know, because uh, sometimes these talks get uh, can get kind of serious and uh, and uh, and all that. And, uh, you know, so it's like, OK, we've had all this. Now it's time to reset the uh, reset the system. Okay. Consider a hot dog in a bun. Is it a sandwich? A hot dog in a bun? Well, I mean, a sandwich. Sandwich. Lost the lost the audio there for a second. <laughs> are, are we back? We're back. All right, so my, my analysis of your question of is a hot dog in a bun a sandwich, um, I like to say, you know, if you had sliced the hot dog in half and you laid it in between two pieces of bread, it would be considered a sandwich. So I would say in a bun, you still put the 
Mine is uh, mustard, relish, onions, and sauerkraut. Okay. Yeah, the 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 yeses and the noes uh, seem to be pretty evenly split on uh, on it. Um, you know, uh, some people uh, some people are adamant uh, on their position that uh, that there's no way it could be the other. <laughs> well, I would I would be open on that one because I'm you know if somebody else would make but it just makes sense to me logically that you still have two pieces of bread on oh, bread on each side. Something in the middle, you know, whether it's peanut butter and jelly, whether it's, uh, you know, ham or whether it's just a piece of cheese, it's still, so I, I would, I would, uh, I would not argue too much that, but I would, <laughs> now you just got me dang hungry. I want to run down to Hollywood and paint hot dogs and get a couple of, oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Bill, you're going to, you know, my cholesterol is going to go sky high now after being on this show with you. Yeah, I gotta watch that uh, myself. I can't. Uh, I can't make the run down to. We got a. We got a pinks at, uh, or at least we used to down at uh, Not Very Farm. They've oh, got a. Uh, they've got a pinks uh, there too. So uh, uh, yeah, but uh, there's also a place uh, in Buena Park called Portillos. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and uh, and I'll go and get a good uh, Chicago dog. Oh, there but, you uh, go. Yeah. Yeah. Now those I think are sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, they've got a lot going for them. Those are the ones they have. Don't they have the hot, hot peppers on them? And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that uh, the neon green relish. And, yes, uh, yeah. that's, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's funny. I can eat a I can eat a Chicago hot dog, but not Chicago pizza because I don't like the thick stuff. I gotta have the, uh, the pizza gotta be thin crust for me. But yeah. a Chicago hot dog, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a good note. You made me hungry, so I gotta go eat now. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. So, uh, so yeah. So it's been wonderful speaking with you. I, I thank you for uh, for spending the time with us. And uh, um, yeah, let's do this again. Uh, definitely, when uh, when you got uh, the new books to promote, uh, we'll uh, definitely uh, we'll definitely want to do this. The the links won't change. Yeah, there you go. I, I appreciate it. So there you go. If you're uh, looking for some inspiration, is it God or coincidence coming to yep. grips with the unexpected wonders in life? And Bill is going to be kind enough to put the link up there right over on Amazon. You can get Kindle yes, paperback or audiobook as well, whatever you'd like. Right. Whatever you like. <laughs> Great. Well, let me do the uh, the end credits, see if I can remember everything. Uh <laughs> Since Thank I can't, you very much uh, for blessing me. Thank you, Rudy, for uh, producing the show. Thank you, Bill, for having me on. It's been an honor to serve you and the Lord at the same time. Hey, pleasure has been all mine. Um, I'd like to uh, thank you all for uh, for listening as well. Uh, this has been a production, uh, a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. Um, my uh, so Rob knows uh, my friend Leah came up with the name for the production company, and it stands for uh, for something. But I don't remember what it stands for. And now that she's passed away, I can't ask her. So uh, so I'm stuck with a name and a meaning I don't know. <laughs> but uh, um, I'd like to uh, thank, uh, uh, thank uh, Rob for uh, Rob Ekno for being on the show. 
Um, I'd like to thank uh, my amazing uh, Ed McMahon, Rudy Corlew. Yes. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, let's see, if you feel so led, uh, head over to Patreon and uh, support the show. It's uh, Bald Spots Pro over there. Uh, you can also find us on, uh, on Facebook. Um, don't forget to, uh, to watch uh, YWL Online. Uh, you can find that here on Facebook and all the uh, major uh, podcasting services. Um, let's see. Uh, next week is... Who's on next week? I didn't check to see who's on next week. Oops, not that one. That one. Let's see. Uh, scheduled events. Upcoming would be September 22nd. Uh, Joseph M. Leonard. Oh, Joseph's back. And INF Grizzy. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one because they, on the surface, they seem like they would be very different people. So, uh, so this is going to be a really interesting, uh, interesting show, um, next week. So, uh, be sure to tune in for that. And, uh, wherever you happen to be watching or listening, please be sure to like, comment, share, follow, subscribe. Whatever it is you got to do to kick that algorithm into gear so we can reach more people. And uh, with that, uh, I'd like to thank, uh, thank our listeners again and thank, uh, and thank Rob for being on the show. And that, my friends, is that. Now I can stop the recording.